0: That's, if I can bring back to AI, if that's mm-hmm. okay. One, two, five, nine! preacher, servant, leader, rector, reverend, deacon, elder, what the hell?
1: Welcome to What the Hell is a Pastor, a podcast about life and set-apart ministry. Each week, we draw on our experiences and challenges as current and former pastors to figure out what the hell it is that pastors do and how to do it as best we can.
0: I actually think that AI has just more in common with art than it does with nature. Ooh, okay. So like, if there's any significance to human beings being co-creators, in my opinion, it's just to acknowledge that we do not form things out of nothing. Mm-hmm. That that we that we, we have to be given materials to make stuff. Adrea loves to ask me about this now. Whenever we drive, you know, or or are in the car together and she sees something, she's like, Now did God make that or did people make that? And I <laughs> and I have she always asks me that, and I always have to be like, Well, God if it's alive, God made it. And if it's not alive, God made the stuff that we use to make it. Hmm and she's sure. like okay okay and so she's like so god didn't make cars and i'm like you're right god didn't make cars but god made the stuff that we use to make cars she's like oh okay okay and i'm like right i just i just don't see how ai is much different than that you know it's why i i i have a hard time you know, kind of taking seriously the kind of worry that it will develop sentience. We're talking about a qualitative distinction here. Like nobody thinks the calculator does math or if they do, they're totally bananas. Human beings are the only things that do math. Like, like the calculator is an abacus. It's just a really advanced tool that we use to do math. Computers do not compute anything. Human beings compute stuff using computers. That that's it. Like, and so this idea that an AI, like, like, a, like, I, I follow some of the sex workers I follow on Twitter have been talking about this AI porn business that's been going around because um, because people are creating these like outrageous, you know, AI pictures of you know naked women with with gigantic boobs and you know, all this stuff. And and it's ridiculous and bananas and awful. One, they're not creating the, the AI. AI is not making women. Right. Hu- human beings are creating pictures of women using AI.
1: And AI has to be fed a lot of data in order to make anything right it's just this extra layer of removal if we only make using what was already here to make AI only makes based off of the stuff that we made
0: exactly exactly and even and even the kind of stuff so like in the AI porn stuff like some of the some of the discourse that some of the different sex workers who, or or just people who are studying this stuff are, are reminding us about this stuff is what makes the there A.I. porn is not functionally different than revenge porn Mm. because because it's not as though the computer is inventing a woman. The computer is taking already established images of women and creating something from these pre-established images. You know, the the computer doesn't have a sense of what a human being is because... The, because AI – because sentience is not – sentience is qualitatively different than what AI does. Um, and, and so for me, I, I, I look at that and I go, well <laughs> – I don't understand. For personally, I don't understand the fear. I understand the fear because it's very problematic. But it's problematic in the same way that revenge porn is problematic, or it's prob- or it's like deep fakes, or like deep fakes prob- like are problematic. We didn't create something, or we created something, but we didn't create something from nothing, and we didn't we didn't make something appear out of thin air. We took material that already exists and we put it together. It can be a lie. It could be deceptive. It can be, you know, scary and bad, but it can't exist outside of us. We're talking about a qualitative difference. It's not a matter of AI. If I if I can say it this way, listeners, like when I say qualitative difference, what I mean is, if it's if so, if it's a quantitative difference, I'll start with that. If the difference between AI and human beings was a quantitative difference. Then theoretically, we could add more things to the AI, more intelligence, more something, and eventually it would be like us. But that's not true. That's not how sentience works. There isn't no sentience, no sentience, no sentience, and then we've added enough stuff and now there's sentience. Sentience is total – sentience cuts across uh, the other direction from non-sentience.
1: So, define for me your understanding of sentience, so I make sure that I that I'm following.
0: So, for me, sentience is the primordial datum. Hmm. Uh, it, it, we cannot do anything else without se- anything anything human anyway without sentience. So sentience um,
1: is specific to humans. So even though like an octopus dreams, octopi are not octopedal, whatever, are not sentient.
0: In that, in that they, you know, are not human beings who, who, who know themselves as a self. Uh, I'm willing to say that, mostly because I don't understand what it would mean for an octopus to be a self the only way i could conceive of an octopus being a self is if i imagine that they are like a human being
1: now what about human beings like the the idea of like a feral human being raised amongst the wolves or whatever or or just humans who don't under don't who don't have a sense of self are they subhuman are they not sentient is is sentience a particularly human thing that all humans have the capacity for or is it a trait that is expressed in particular ways only in humans
0: i would say personally that it's probably a trait that every human being has a capacity for sure but, uh, but, I, but I often think that when we invoke like the sort of feral human metaphor, right, like the feral human metaphor, there, of course, have been feral humans. But you know what I mean? When we invoke that, like the Mowgli, right, like the Jungle Book Mowgli who, mm-hmm. or the Tarzan, right, um, there, there is already a sense in, in our, you know, kind of way of thinking of ourselves as humans where, of course, we understand that thing as subhuman.
1: Right. Well, I mean, that's also wrapped up in white supremacy, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. The, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not trying to make a comment about like indigenous folks. Like, like You're right. Like, I, I want to toe that line well. But my point is, is like, because human beings are social creatures, like any, any human being that has never been a social creature with other human beings is not properly human, because human beings are not properly biological in that way.
1: Hmm. I, well, I don't, I, I am uncomfortable with this line of reasoning and I don't, but I also, I, I understand the point that you want to make. Cause I do think that we are inherently social creatures, but I, so I think that this is where th- that's not what I want to say. I think this is where definitions are really important and also where like everything gets murky. So when you are deciding what is essentially human and deciding what, um, well, like setting the boundaries of what a human is and also saying that like humans are the only ones with sentience, right? We're the only ones with a divine spark. We're the only ones with like whatever the, the image of God is or whatever, like God has bestowed upon us to make us stewards of creation. You know, like I... If if God made us to have a particular role, then we are not in any way substantially really different from creation. We just have our particular role in creation. If God gave us something particular that is is a spark of the divine within us, and we are we are the priests of creation and we are separate in creation from creation in some ways, then we need to acknowledge that like all humans are separate from creation in this way. And then you end up with people, it it gets very. I guess I guess that idea to me has to be really examined so that we don't end up saying, "Oh well, you know, black people who we have enslaved are really subhuman because, like, look at that person. There's no sense of self in there when really, like, the self has been beaten out of somebody, and of course, their days because you have worked them almost to death. You know, it's um, it it's such a tricky line to walk and and so like that's that to me is where like the real theological question lies is are we priests of creation because we are uh divine in a way that the rest of creation isn't and what does what privileges does that confer on us and does it confer on, on all of us or are we part of creation with a particular skill that god has decided to um I don't know, elevate or, or just recognize as, okay, we can be this capstone species. We can be the steward.
0: You're right. I think that is where like the, the chief theological question lies. And, and, but, but for me, this line of reasoning is, is, is really a very practical line of reasoning. Like this isn't a line of reasoning I would use all the time, but Mm. like, I think we have to draw boundaries around these things and like, talk normatively about these things. Otherwise, we are back in that like, weird, um, uh, slippery, you know, tension of nature and morality. Right? Like, okay, if how do I want to put it? I'm prepared to say, practically, that what is the human is, a, a social animal with a, with a, a self-consciousness, with a sense of self with sentience, that is uh, bound up in the, the, the things that we talk about as being human culturally and socially, right? Like H Richard Niebuhr talks about culture as the human world that human beings put upon the natural world. What is culture? Hmm. Well, culture is effectively human world, you know, it's what you're human based on your culture, based on the way in which you fit into your culture. And folks want to push back on that. And I understand why they do. But I don't understand what the alternative is. Hmm. You know what I mean? What, what exactly do we then say? Like, OK, do we say that um, Donnie from the Wild Thornberries <laughs> is, uh, is a human, is, is truly, fully human? in a way that the british monkey in the wild thornberries isn't because isn't that like what the wild thornberries is trying to get at i don't know if you've seen the wild thornberries recently but there's
1: not recently
0: (laughs) okay i don't know why i'm thinking of this but in the wild thornberries you've got uh um you know the family the the uh nigel thornberry and his family are are um have their television show where they go into the to the wild and they they're they're like they're like the british crocodile hunter right okay and uh and the main character um i can't for whatever reason i can't think of the daughter's name but the youngest daughter is given the ability to talk to animals and then and and she is able to talk to these animals and and the animals all are very sentient and and you know that like you'd imagine it's like Animals are talking. Oh, they're just like people. Well, they encounter a feral human named Donnie, who, who was raised in the wild. And Donnie cannot communicate with uh, anybody. Hmm. He's funny. Like, he's this funny, charming character who's this kind of wild boy. But he can't speak English. And because he's not an animal, he can't speak to the youngest uh, Thornberry child either. And so he's just this, like, feral mystery, right? Now, is he a human being? Well, I mean, in that he's a biological creature who is a homo sapien, sure. But, uh, but the chimpanzee that they discover is, is socially far more human than Donnie is. He he's he's fully ingrained within the family and is able to communicate and is able to be, you know, it has has a sense of morality and right and wrong. Donnie doesn't have any of that. And so the question you're supposed to ask is, okay, where is the human line? And you're supposed to the show is supposed to make you think, oh, well, you know, we're all, you know, animals are just as human as the rest of us. But then there's Donnie. Who, because Donnie is biologically human, but is not raised that way, Donnie can't fit in anywhere. Hmm. So it's actually Donnie that poses the harder question. Because uh, Donnie, if Donnie is supposed to be a true, full human being, then why is all the other animals acting more human?
1: Right. So I, how does this intersect with Boston personalism? Because I feel like
0: oh, it, the, the argument stay what? I said, that's a good question. I did not expect that question.
1: <laughs> oh, I. The only reason I say it is that like, I feel like what we're saying here is that uh, you're a human if you're a person. And I know that like Boston personalism is based on the concept of a person. So that's, that's where it came from for me.
0: Yeah. Well, so, so if I was a full throated Boston personalist, which I am not like, like they would want to make a hard, they would want to, they would definitely want to draw a hard line and they want to say, mm-hmm. yes, personality is the key to reality, and and a true and 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 is therefore persons. So, like a hardline Boston personalist, like an Edgar Brightman, Edgar Brightman would say, the only real things are persons. Hmm. Everything else is um, a product of personality, whether it's a mental product or a physical product. And so, who who are the really real things? Things with personhood are the real things, and personhood or personality is um, uh, a center that is orbited by um, certain qualities. And so, being able so so a personality is is a a uh, a singular thing that is aware of itself, uh, and the and the qualities that orbit that singular point. Are things like awareness, emotion, desire, will, uh, love, uh, creativity—you know, kind of stuff like that. A couple of Boston personalists go on to include different animals within that, but by and large, that's that's how they would put it. And and it opens—it actually, in some ways, opens up the door for non-human persons. Because okay. there is, of course, there is, of course, one non-human person, and that is God. You know, right. like like uh, they Boston Personalism is a theistic philosophy, and and they all, for the most part, are like, no, there's a God, and God is the supreme person. You know, in this way, a a central unity uh, um, in continuity, and so like there is a sense in which, sure, you can have if if you can if AI. Was a was a self-aware thing, knows itself as itself, can can say the word I and have it mean something to it, right? Have it mean it itself, and it's and it's orbited by these qualities of creativity, emotion, uh, you know, all this other stuff. Then uh, I would say a Boston personalist would probably be willing to name that AI as a person. I think the problem though is, is we're talking about something that is not um, that, that must be there in order for this conversation to even make sense. Right? Like if there was no personality, you and I would not be able to have this conversation at all. And have oh, it mean really... anything, right? Like mm-hmm. per, that's why that's why I say that it's sort of the primordial datum, right? And so to say okay. to say that an AI machine or an AI computer or whatever could um, fr- someday have that is weird to me because the someday part is what's strange. Like if I was a full throated Boston personalist, they would say personality is the primordial datum of everything and somebody would be like how is that possible and they would say well because god is the first like the first if you prior to everything there is personality Mm -hmm. because it's god and and so we're talking about something that that is not evolved right we're talking about a thing that is sort of outside of evolution According to a Boston personalist, and and frankly, according to me too. Like, I don't see how it's possible we can say that that the self or or the personality evolves out of a process because we're talking about something that is qualitatively different from process itself. Hmm. Maybe that's maybe that's false, and and a lot of a lot of like uh um like biological evolution folks would maybe not a lot but th- this is part of the reason why certain like atheist philosophers of mind would say there's no such thing as consciousness right because it's not possible it's not possible for consciousness to evolve it right. it's this qualitatively is the gap that different.
1: we can't jump over yeah
0: exactly exactly um and but but I always find that I find that line of reasoning bananas because what are you even saying? Consciousness is the only thing we know for sure is real. <laughs> because, very, because
1: very Cartesian, but yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. But like, how else? How else am I supposed to get around that? Right. You know, how else am I supposed to get around the the starting data, the starting prep the starting point is there is, there is me and there is you and there is stuff around me. Sure. Are babies conscious? No, but, but we didn't start as babies. <laughs> we didn't, right, baby, right. we didn't, the first things weren't babies, you know, the first things were something else.
1: Oh, this is, this is all very interesting. Um, Yeah. So there's something we talk about a lot in science and religion is the God of the gaps, you know, like you, you, the 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 easiest example, I think, is like Newton, right? Newton looks at the, uh, the orbit of Mercury, sees that it doesn't abide by like the rest of the rules that have been set for objects in the solar system, and says, well, God must just like periodically fix Mercury's orbit, you know, like we can't explain it, God must do it. When like the real answer is because the Mercury is so close to the sun, the bend in space time around the sun warps Mercury's orbit, so it, it it behaves differently than expected. Um, And so that's like, that's a gap and you just put God in that gap. And so the way that you've described consciousness is, well, this is the gap, right? This is God must have made this happen because there's no other way for this to happen. But the thing we find about gaps often is that as our understanding grows, that gap closes. And so I, while I'm kind of willing to say right now that we have no other explanation for for consciousness and for consciousness to be kind of emblematic of, of the divine spark or whatever sets humans apart. Um, I mean, I think that's workable. I, as long as we also pair that understanding with like the responsibility that comes with, that comes with this like self-knowledge, you know? That like this awareness Uh, is what enables maybe enables us to be these stewards of creation yeah but but i i also am nervous in saying that like this is the thing and also like you are fully right like but i I, that like atheists will be like well there's no such thing as consciousness because it can't evolve and therefore god can't give it to us either because there is no god right like that holds together cohesively. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would be fascinated in like 300 years to hear how people are talking about consciousness and if they're in the same place that we are. But I also think that this this idea as con- of consciousness as the starting datum as sentience as like your starting datum is something that might be challenged by various indigenous philosophies and i can't say that for sure but but the set like the sense of i me am the first is and am, am the only thing that i can know is something that like does not make sense in indigenous teachings that i have heard from the Cherokee from the Lakota from uh, all sorts of different places and and also like the the kind of idea of ubuntu from africa from you know i really should know where but like we talk about it all the time and people just say africa so maybe it's a a, a pan african actually a pan african phenomena but um yeah like maybe the starting sense is us, is sociality and consciousness is born out of like our unique social structures, humans. Like maybe we just don't have a clear understanding of the evolution of social structures that enable us to then develop both a group consciousness and a a robust individual self-understanding. Because there is no, there is no self without something else to compare it to. Like you are only a self in a group. Yeah, sure. so like I don't, I don't, like that was what that that kind of brought up in me is that there's there is a lot of stuff at play here that can push against what you said, but also nothing can knock over what you said.
0: Sure, and and I so I don't know why I'm I'm feeling punchy about this, but like I'll start with this. I think you're right, of course, like about the social element. You know, I obviously you can't have a self without other selves, right? Like the cell selves ourselves in relation always, but I don't think that goes against what I'm trying to say about sentience, mm. you know, le- like at, at all. I, I think that, I think that, well, of course, like uh, the, the group, the social, the, the cultural, all of those things create are created by and create human beings, you know, in, in an important sense. But once again, we're still talking about something qualitatively different than other things, you know, like, like there is a quantitative difference between an abacus and a computer. Mm-hmm. But there isn't a quantitative difference between an abacus and a human. Right. You know, you, and, and so I'm not entirely sure how we can, we can imagine that AI could ever get to a point where it could be that way right like it's kind of like if if i I think we just personally i think we just get caught up in how incredible it all is and we forget that it's not functionally all that different from the cars driving down the road the road right? right like 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 nobody's like i wonder if cars will ever be sentient well except for pixar
1: um, <laughs> those those satan worshippers. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs>
0: but by the way i one of these days we should record an episode on how how trash garbage i think the cars franchise is i think it is a trash gar- i think it's i think it's the dredge of humanity it beats i've never rat- even
1: seen one movie
0: it beats ratatouille and I think Aww. Ratatouille is the worst. But, but cars it makes no sense. Fucking Owen Wilson <laughs> is a race car. But yeah. but like but like all the other car professions are cars doing their profession as if they were humans, except for the race cars. Yeah. Like, 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 it's not that it's not that Owen Wilson as a race car gets into a race car and races. he's just he's just a race car and so like and so he's not actually a race car he's the equivalent of like a long distance runner like like it just doesn't make any fucking sense like it's 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 so fucking stupid but my point is is like we don't we don't imagine we don't imagine that car technology will someday reach uh a sentience
1: but i don't see yeah.
0: Right, right, but I don't see how how it how that is all that different from AI. You know, I mm-hmm. I because I just I just think they're quantitatively similar uh in a way that like we're they're not similar to like living creatures. We can make robots mimic, you know, animals all we want, but they're just mimicking animals.
1: Yeah, they're not a unique that- thing.
0: That's it. Exactly. You know, and, and, and we can imagine, well, one day maybe this robot will think it's a rabbit and I go, it would be a lie if it did, because it's not a rabbit. (laughs) It's a robot. You know, it was, it was not, it, it, it doesn't matter how lifelike we can make it. And so one day if an AI, if an AI, machine, I don't even know the proper terminology, if an AI thing creates a piece of art that nobody has ever seen before, even then it would still not be anything new. Why? Because it still needs to work under the uh, under the concepts of art, stuff like like the only way it could make that is if it's already using concepts that we have given it if it creates if it creates a creature that nobody has ever seen before unless that creature even if it's a Cthulhu monster (laughs) that that creature would still need to be representable in other words we would still need to be able to recognize it as a creature which means it would need to have things about it that are similar to other creatures that we have encountered. Sure. Uh, uh, and so once again, it still has not done anything new. The uh, I, I'm not, uh, you see what I'm trying to get at? Like, like sure, it, that's but you what can I argue that about humans too. Well, of course I can.
1: Like we but, n- we all have to learn how to make art and we all have to learn. We all see other art and mimic other art. I mean, like there's literally a Bible verse about how there's nothing new under the sun. Right. So right. I, I don't know. I feel like that's, again, a, a slippery place to not not the most solid foothold for you as you are climbing this mountain.
0: I, I hear what you're saying. I, I really do. Let me say my let me let me bring up my other thing that you sparked okay. in me. I don't think the gap that I am proposing is that similar to the gap that you brought forward, the, the the Isaac Newton gap that you've brought forward, because I I think that they're 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 once again I think they're qualitatively very different. It's I don't think technology or our knowledge will evolve to to a point where we can explain where consciousness comes from. Um and I don't think that's a gap I think that's just a, 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 I think it's just a fact of what consciousness is because I think it's before we can do science consciousness must be a thing right right and so like that's essentially what I mean by the starting datum right like if you gotcha. go to a human brain if you if you dissect a human brain open it up you cannot point to where the consciousness is. Sure. Yeah. Oh, and the consciousness is right there. No, you, you can't do that. You can tell me as many things about the brain as you want and, and art and our ability to say more things about the brain will only increase and increase and increase. But I really don't think we'll be able to point to where the consciousness is because it's not material it right. it doesn't it doesn't spring from the machinery of the brain. It it's it, it might be reliant on it, just like anything is reliant on material, but like it doesn't it doesn't come out of that. It doesn't it, it wasn't as though our brains suddenly, you know, after thousands and thousands of years of evolution became so complex enough that that it produced consciousness. I, I don't I, – or or if that's the working theory, that gap is so big because we're talking about the gap between material and non-material things.
1: Right. We're, well, okay, so then, then my question from that is what if one day they do discover – that like, Oh, here, actually, this is where our idea of our self comes from. This is the spot in the brain. It's hidden and tucked away under here. And that's why we've not seen it before. And oh, it must have evolved from this and this because we found evidence of this in like chimps or whatever, you know, like what, what if they do find one day, the thing that that creates consciousness, and it turns out that consciousness is not a non material phenomena. It's just another sensation.
0: Well, then it would be really weird because consciousness does not appear that way, and I would be tr- and right. I would try to figure out what exactly we, uh, what thing is, uh, how do I want to put it? If consciousness is an illusion, what is being tricked?
1: Yeah, see, that's yeah, you're right. You <laughs> always do kind of come back to that. Yeah, yeah.
0: right. Like, oh, consciousness is false. Oh, so what do you mean? (laughs) So
1: so I'm thinking things, but there's nothing really thinking. Yeah. 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 You Uh, can't get away from the sense of self that we have.
0: Right. Right. That's all I'm trying to say. That's what, when I say that, that gap, that gap is different from some of these other gods of the gap stuff. That's really what I'm trying to get at. It's a gap that doesn't appear to be fillable because I don't think, I don't even think we have language to talk about it right like like i do not exist i do not exist i do not exist okay well that statement itself means nothing of course i exist because i've just said i do not exist right right like now i guess you can say oh no that's an illusion but then once again i go okay well then what is being tricked like like yeah. oh we're just we're just living in a dream. Oh, okay. So there is something dreaming something. Yes. Okay. Well, you see my problem. Like that's all I mean. And, and so I, I, I offer that and I say, "Mm, I just don't think AI can, can get to that point. And if it could, if it could get to that point, I don't really see any morally uh, bad reason why we shouldn't kill it.
1: (laughs) ethan <laughs> this is like this is our terminator moment they're gonna the robots are gonna crawl the internet they're <laughs> gonna hear you saying this and hear me not challenge it and then we're both dead right away
0: <laughs> yeah but but i mean that though right like once again if hey if consciousness really is material and it and it's not what it appears to be then uh then our original conversation about nature and beyond nature That's a bunch of bullshit. We're just natural things. And so there's really no morality to speak of, because morality itself is a concept beyond the natural order. You know, like like it's it it imposes things upon nature that, uh, you know, are not natural to it. And so why not just kill stuff that's also sentient? Right. Well, and
1: I think that comes back to that might uh, help us understand the importance of um, seeing ourselves as connected to the the divine or having the spark of the divine in us. Because if if God is love and love is, you know, treating other things around us as if they are worthy, um, then like what makes us ice, what gives us morality uh, is is the fact that like we look around and we can choose to love instead of fight for survival, you know? Like we have the the capacity to treat robots kindly even though they could be a threat to us, you know? To, to make the moral choice to say, this is a living thing and therefore I will care for it. Um, in, in like every situation, I like, yeah, I... <sighs> If, if AI gaining sentience means that sentience is a natural, is part of the natural world, and therefore we have no founding for ethics, then yeah, like I, I guess we do just like throw all the rules out the window and like have the purge all of the time but then we also have this long built up history of choosing to care for one another and and care for creation and where does that come from like where does that is that a pro-social behavior that we have deified and that's the explanation for all of it or is there actually like at the root of the universe this unending love and and maybe like that is maybe that's the question too
0: uh, yeah i think i think you're right uh for me personally morality is is essentially the entire basis for why i think we we have to be more than the natural order that there is something beyond the natural order right that there is a god that that that, that stuff is real right um because otherwise like you can't ex- i don't think morality is is explainable using you know the the kind of survival of the fittest darwinian whatever right lots of people try to do that or they try to be like um oh what was it uh um morality is there in order to help uh, the species continue and i go sure morality does have that interesting effect on us (laughs) that that it does allow the species to continue But morality is something that is totally different from nature. Mm. It's not not the same thing. It's not not even that it's not found in nature. It's that it is unnatural to nature. Are you telling me that there are choices to be made? Like, Like, what do you mean choice? Like you're telling me that there's a right and a wrong decision to make and right and wrong, not in terms of right being the thing that makes the makes everything feel good and wrong being the thing that makes everything feel bad. That it actually goes beyond that, that sometimes the right choice can feel bad. Is that right. what you're telling me? Because that goes beyond anything, not only anything in nature, it goes beyond the entire concept of nature. Um, If somebody says, if you walk into a, uh, if if it's raining outside and and you walk into a space of, of, uh, you know, of outside where it's suddenly not raining and you look up and above you is suspended a tent. There's no poles. It's just there. It's just there. And it's stopping the rain from falling. And you look at your friend and you say, why is that tent there? Where did that come from? And his response is, it keeps the rain off of us. That is not an answer. <laughs> that is not an answer to where the tent came from. It's just what the tent is doing. We, we are obliged to ask where the tent came from. It's the same thing with morality. If somebody says, where did morality come from? And their response is, it keeps this, the species from, you know, from dying out that doesn't answer the question. It's like sure there's a practical benefit for its existence. But you know what else would be practical? You know, m- motorcycle legs would be really practical for me. I could then <laughs> ride really really fast. And I would never have <laughs> the to
1: walk. Motorcycle legs, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be super practical. But uh but if I suddenly had them, you would not find that answer to be very uh compelling. Where where did you get those motorcycle legs? And my response is, it helps me go fast. <laughs> you you would be like, you're insane. Like it would be bananas. That's all my thing is. I just want to I just want to point out that right. from my perspective, morality is is sort of that defining feature that that goes that that both demonstrates that there is something sort of beyond nature that undergirds nature that supports nature that that maybe calls nature into existence and that human beings partake and participate in morality makes us more authentically human your your thing where you're like well what if we as human beings treat the robots kindly and 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 you know even the robots who are trying to kill us my response is yeah sure we try to humanize the robots
1: uh yeah oh, fair fair
0: you see what I mean? Like, like, isn't that what domesticated animals? Like, that's the point, right? Oh, I here's my dog. I've put a I've put a sweater on him. Yeah, I have <laughs> humanized the dog, right? Like, I, 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 I don't know drink. that I,
1: that might be apples and oranges.
0: I disagree. I do. I disagree. I I, I think uh, I think Marx is right. I, this is an essentially Marxist take. Like Marx would say that the whole point of nature is to humanize it. He says that in one of his theses on Feuerbach, like, like the point of nature is to humanize nature, is to make it not only hospitable to humans but to make it more human. And uh, I've I think he's obviously correct. Hmm. I do. I think he's obviously right. I I I think any human attempt to to mold and bend nature to our will might be a. Uh, a corrupt version of our instinct to humanize nature.
1: Ooh. Okay. Okay. I'm on board with right?
0: that. You see what I mean? Like, like, isn't that make sense? Like we look around and we see, Oh, nature is violent and does not care. There's beauty and sublimity to it, but it, it doesn't give a shit. It doesn't give a shit about right and wrong. It cares about existence and survival and and we look at that we look at a we 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 look at a, a lion killing a gazelle and we have to learn to see it as something we shouldn't care about mm-hmm. cuz our initial our initial response is it shouldn't be doing that right right we there should be there should be peace i mean that's why the patristics had this vision of 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 a redeemed world with no death where the lion and the lamb really do lay down with each other. It's why they they envision this idea that it's actually not in God's plan for the lion to eat the lamb or for the lion to eat the gazelle. That is actually a product of fallenness, and now part of our job is to humanize it, is to or divinize it. We might say to bring it into its full glory and it, as as uh the as if it were the burning bush. Hmm. I right. like
1: that. Yeah, I mean, I think if this also brings a new uh, dynamic to the man and the woman in the garden choosing to eat the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, is that um, it it kind of seems very true to us that there is this original moment where the there's a choice between doing what is moral and feel might feel bad but it's still the moral decision or doing something that feels good but is the immoral decision and that like that is almost always that maybe not almost always but is really frequently the the temptation that we always run into like the that is sin and maybe its most basic state is do you choose to do something that will care for yourself care for others make thing help the help divinize creation or do you choose to do something that's going to make you feel good um when the choice comes to that and of course like good things can feel good and bad things can feel bad and I'm not saying that like it's always a difficult decision but when you come to that difficult decision what do you do and maybe that's kind of the foundation maybe not the foundation but it's like this key piece of morality like that's why that myth is there and is so enduring is that like that key decision to do the right thing even though it doesn't make you feel good right now is a difficult thing that we have to do but is it is that, like, long-term visioning that helps us be more human or more divine. Like, it is the type of worldview that you must have in order to participate in the divine life in the way that we're called to, in the way that we kind of long to.
0: hmm hmm I think that's exactly right. And, and this is why, uh, you know, theologies of sanctification, particularly of the Wesleyan variety, are obviously true. You know, but they are like, right. Like the point is, of course, the point is for the world to be more divine. Of course Mm -hmm. it is, you know, and, and a good theology of sanctification will tell you that another way of saying for the world to become more divine is for it to be truly human. Mm. Right. Mm. Like that's, this is another way of saying that, right. Because, because fallen humanity is not true humanity. You know, that, that's, that's, I think the central, a central tenant of Christianity that, that the fallen state, it's not that, it's not that fallen humans are like worth less. It's not what I think anybody's saying. It's to remind us that it's, it's the, it's the central theme of what the incarnation of Jesus really is. Is Jesus a superhuman? Of course not. That's what makes it amazing. Jesus Mm -hmm. is the only true human. Like Jesus, Jesus is so fully human that he appears divine.
1: Appears divine or is
0: divine? Is divine. But like when we look at him, we see that he is divine. You know what I mean? I know what you mean.
1: I've just been reading boom paperwork, you know? You're,
0: you're, you're right. You're right. Good catch. Good catch. He's (laughs) so human precisely because he is so divine. And so it's not that he's Superman. Mm -hmm. Not at all. Not at all he just seems like he's superman to the rest of us <laughs> who are who are fallen who who are mired in sin and muck and bad stuff you know who are caught up in powers and evil and the demonic right but but jesus is not is not a superman jesus is just a human but is a human fully alive and like fully true. And and when we see that Jesus is a fully alive human, and this is I think the 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 premise actually of the Gospel of Mark. This is why the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of John are my two favorites, because I think they do the exact same thing just from two opposite ends of the spectrum. Hmm. You know, I think I think Mark begins with Jesus' humanity, and we're supposed to be led to divinity by just how human he is.
1: He is Mm. human
0: in the, in, in the, in the purest, fullest way. And by the end of it, we're supposed to go, surely he must be God Mm -hmm. because, because he's so truly human. And, and in the gospel of John, I think does the same thing, just the opposite. We start with this truly divine thing, this thing that's obviously divine, but by the end of it, we go, that is why he's so human. Mm -hmm. That's, that's why that's, it's precisely because he's divine that allows him to to show up after he's dead and cook for his friends and and calls his his friend Peter to be Peter again, right? Like that's right. only in the Gospel of John. It's how the Gospel of John ends. Right. You know? It
1: ends with like breakfast on the beach. Yeah. Like it how, how human. Yeah.
0: How human can that be, right? A good breakfast, not only a good breakfast, but a breakfast in which reconciliation happens.
1: And mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and in, in which we're all impo- in which the apostles that that have betrayed him are brought back into the fold, mm-hmm. and and at the end of it, you're supposed to say, you know, I think you're supposed to say, truly, this divine one is more human than the rest of us.
1: Hmm. I like that. right.
0: And yeah. I, and I do. I think that's how it's supposed to be. And so, long story short, I think that AI has the potential, just like anything else to make the world more human and therefore more divine. Um, it just as a matter of if we're going to use it that way or not. Right. Like, like I think we can do that. I think it's the same thing with cars. I think it's the same thing with plowshares, right? <laughs> like we can, we yeah. can use, we can use our technology. Um, and, and I guess the fact that we're co-creators to make the world human to work to sanctify it to 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 lead it into its proper worship of God and therefore it's to become like the burning bush. We can do that. We have that ability that given to us by God through Jesus Christ. that's the whole point of salvation, the whole point of grace, right But like we also maybe won't.
1: Right to tie it back to the very beginning of our conversation,
0: <laughs> you know. Right, I, right. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think like that's the that's the challenge that we have. Um, with a moral imagination that is limited by a view of scripture. That's my herd in culture wars that are a hundred years old, more than a hundred years old is that, um, we end up using the church, which is supposed to help us make us more divine, you know, like it's supposed to help with the divinization of creation. Uh, we end up using it to then deny people's ability to be fully alive. And that like is, is exactly what, sin looks like in the in the context of the church, I think a lot of the time. Um, Mm -hmm. Because we have we have the choice to use these things, right? These things that we are making that like God has given us the materials to to create with and then we we make it and uh, so often we make it in a way that does not bring forth life. And um, that sucks. It does. Yay, we did it again.
0: That was (laughs) tough. That was a hard one. Whenever you get the chance, I know it's going to be, it might, it'll it probably gross you out, but whenever you get the chance, you should look up uh, some of the AI porn stuff that's been going around Twitter because it's, on one hand, it's completely bananas. Like we're talking about, we're talking about, you know, gener- images of women that are absolutely impossible, mm-hmm. you know, like beyond total impossible beauty standards, like, like, wow, this is bananas. But most of these women have like 20 fingers yeah. because it's AI. They don't, you know,
1: right. it's they don't not nail perfect. It.
0: Yeah. yeah. And uh, all of these bananas incels who like uh, Bitcoin are like, now you women really have to be nice to us because we can replace you easy. And I'm like, you are telling on yourselves you absolute freaks
1: (laughs) yeah honestly like yes please replace all the women in your life with this ai banana stuff so we can go live our own lives away (laughs) from
0: you yeah wow man i think we'll make it i think the ladies will endure
1: (laughs) oh gosh oh wow yeah you
0: hanging out with a with a g cup a uh, fake model with 12 fingers on her left hand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that can't stand up from the weight of her boobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Good God. luck. Good luck. You, that is not the flex you think it is, my friend. No, no ladies are actually worried that they're going to be replaced. Not, Not a one. Not a one. What they're primarily worried about is what they've always been worried about. Whether or not they're going to get killed by you psychos.
1: There it is. So, <laughs> always and everywhere, oh man. <laughs> well, let's wrap this up so I can go back to my true crime podcast, which I think the next episode will be about an incel who killed a woman because he wasn't like her. His AI dream. That seems like That's the next right. one. I'll hear. come.
0: You don't. I, I can only get off now if women have twelve
1: fingers. <laughs> <laughs> We don't That's keep it. shame on this podcast, Ethan.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're right. The <laughs> incels are the incels are exceptional individuals made by Jesus.
1: They are beloved children of God.
0: (laughs) They are beloved children of God. I just want to say that this is what happens when we don't have a robust uh, theology of the human being outside of nature. Because you're right. If if it's just, if human beings are just creatures and that's it, they're creatures among creatures, then we don't have any real way of saying to the incel, your behavior is fucking an abomination and you need to stop. Right right? Like, right. like we not not really. It, it all just becomes whether or not we can wield enough power to enforce our will. right. Like that's always what it, yeah. Sandra Wheeler used to say that. If we don't have if there's no such thing as right and wrong, if there's no such thing as as truly good or truly bad in, in, in a full transcendental way, then the only thing that is real is power and and whether or not we're prepared to enforce our cultural worldview on everyone else using it.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Right. You do end
1: up back there, yeah?
0: And so either it is perfectly good and holy and just that there are gay people in this world or there's no such thing as any of that and the only way we can protect gay people is if we kill conservatives. (sighs) Anyway, this has been an episode of uh, What the Hell is a Pastor? We are Ethan and Joe. We will see you next time. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, unless the overlords come for us.
1: What the hell is a pastor is a part of the Disruptive Disciples Podcast Network. Our theme song is written by Joe Shomov, performed by Joe Shomov, Ian Oriola, and Paul Oriola, and produced by Paul Oriola. Email us at pastor at gmail.com, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WTHIAP, and on Patreon at patreon.com slash WTHIAP, where you can get access to pillow talk, merch, signed cards, custom essays, and so much more. Thanks for listening, and be kind to your bodies, friends.